eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. I'm Jacob Rudner alongside Swamp 247 staff writer Graham Hall. And Graham, it's good to have you back on for another episode of our position season preview. We started with running backs, and you can check that out on our YouTube page. We also have it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and several other audio-only platforms. And I would also suggest to anybody who's following along with these goes over to the website swamp247.com where we will accompany every single one of these written pieces, excuse me, every single one of these podcast pieces with a written piece. Running back is out of the way. And Graham, now we're going to move to the signal caller unit. It's quarterback day here at Swamp 247, obviously an important unit with a lot of high expectations, especially with Anthony Richardson in the fold. And I guess I'll just go to you uh, right away here. What, what, what are the expectations for this unit? I mean, let's just let's just talk Anthony Richardson for a second. Heisman candidate, a guy or, or a fringe Heisman candidate, a guy who a lot of people think could could go fairly high in the first round of the 2023 draft. What where should people enter the season at? Let's let's calibrate expectations here. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you can divide expectations up right now in two categories, internal and external. And let's start with the external expectations. If you watched Anthony Richardson last year, or you've followed him since high school, you've seen the type of athlete that he is. You can see what he looks like in the open field. You've seen the speed. You've seen the 70-plus yard throws. You get the sense that if he can combine all of these elements and put them together into one high-quality package and nail all the mental aspect and have dynamic weapons around him, that this can be a guy that can be potentially an NFL quarterback. Now, that's easier said than done. I think a lot of people, based on what they saw last year, they saw the highs and they tended to forget the lows, the interceptions, the miscues, let's call them that, and then the injuries, whether he's able to stay healthy for the entire season. A lot of people, I think, have said that those issues will all be corrected this year, and they've led to these high expectations that I think you've seen externally right now. Internally, though, I think that expectations are a little bit, uh, they've been stifled a little bit from what they have seen throughout fall camp and into the spring. They understand that it's a gradual process. I don't think, let's, let's not get it confused. Florida's coaching staff is aware of the immense amount of potential that Anthony Richardson possesses. Whether he's able to meet that or get close to that this season, I do think remains to be seen. And what we're going to talk about here in a little bit, I think that's part of by design. They haven't really had the running aspect in a lot of these live action practices. You haven't really seen him get out in the open field, make people miss, how he reacts on the fly, what happens when the play breaks down. You go back to that LSU game last year where Florida really kind of had their backs against the wall and how he willed that team 
to get back into that contest. I think that a lot of people think that this is a guy who really can make all the right decisions when the game plan kind of comes apart and Florida has to make a comeback here. Whether he's able to do everything else correctly, I think does just remain to be seen. Regardless, when you have a an athlete of his caliber who we've seen the clips, we've seen that there's not really a starting quarterback competition throughout fall camp. When you factor all that in, I think it leads to these very lofty expectations heading into the season. Sure. And, and I think a lot of, you know, you commented on how there are some external expectations where people think that this is a guy who's going to be able to burst onto the scene in 2022, uh, have a tremendous year and then come next, you know, next spring, be a guy who's in that conversation for, you know, a top 10, top five pick in the draft. And I think that that's certainly possible. Um, and, and nor do I think that that's an unfair thing if you're if you're a Florida fan to be expecting out of your quarterback, especially a guy with his athletic potential. I would say, though, that uh, you put it very well that there are not not that they're expecting to struggle with Anthony Richardson. Let's be very clear. I don't think anybody thinks that. I do think that the level of expectation from inside the program is not uh, on the same par as it is from people outside the program. And that's going to happen a lot. I don't think that that's something that people should be hearing and, 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 you know, be alarmed by. I don't think that that's necessary at all. But I do think that very reasonably there are different expectations between people who are watching Anthony Richardson play on a daily basis versus the people who are not. And then that's, that's going to happen. One thing that I think is really important, though, I think that Anthony Richardson fits really well, or at least he has the potential to fit really well in Billy Napier's offense specifically. It's a run-heavy spread option scheme. They're going to rely on the run game significantly. We're talking like somewhere between 55 and 60% of the time. Uh, as we talked about in our running back preview, Florida has four running backs. It feels it can rely on. They, they really do believe there is a four-man rotation at running backs. There's going to be a ton of running. What does that do for a quarterback? Well, for a guy like Anthony Richardson, who has a very strong arm. I mean, at the, the Manning Passing Academy, there was a video of him throwing a ball. He said traveled 73 yards through the air, which is crazy. Uh, this is a guy who, if you draw in a defense and you force a defense to put guys into the box and protect against the run, you will have or should have the opportunity for some shot plays over the top. And whether that's a byproduct of some play action stuff, whether that's just simply a byproduct of you get a defense in a mentality of stopping the run, and then you try and blow something up over the top. I think that those are the kinds of things that fans should look for, especially early on in the season in games, is the ability for Florida to rely heavily on its run game and even maybe have Anthony Richardson take off a couple times and run and then try and take a shot play and see if you can really be explosive. And Anthony Richardson has the arm to be able to do that. The question, and I'll bring it back to you, is how is his accuracy? I know that that has been a question in the past. Uh, we, you know, as reporters, were wondering about that in the spring. It appeared in the very limited observation window we had that that might have been a small problem. Obviously, during the spring game, however, looks very perfectly accurate uh, and, and and has a great game in that regard. So what, what have you heard in terms of his accuracy, in terms of keeping the ball away from the defense uh, throughout fall camp? Where is he heading into the first game of the season? Yeah, it kind of brings me back to expectations. You know, the expectation of a accurate quarterback now is someone who's going to go out and com complete 70% of their passes. And as you and I both know, you know, when we were growing up, that was simply not the case whatsoever. An accurate passer was someone who completed 50 to 60% of their passes. 
Right now, Anthony Richardson, I think he is closer to that latter category right now. We did see him go out and complete, what, 18 of 24 passing attempts in the orange and blue game back on April 14th. I mean, we know that he is capable of making the throws. Is he going to hit his target 100% of the time? I, I'm not confident in that right now. I think that there still is some work to be done. And again, this is a guy who just turned 21 years old, still has a way to go in his development, uh, you know, enrolled early. You could even make the case that he hadn't been fully healthy for five years, really, in a sense, before this season right now. So how he goes out and performs and, and whether he's able mechanically to actually raise his, his level of play now that there's no really any excuses when it comes to his upper body, the, sh the shoulder injuries that we know he's gone through in the past, if he's able to do all that now that he spent a full year preparing as a starting quarterback, I, I do think a lot of that stuff remains to be seen because right now there is some from a consensus standpoint from those outside. And I believe inside the building that he can continue to improve when it comes to his accuracy. I, I think that also that is a byproduct throughout fall camp of him not having, I think the greatest wide receiver core around him. We know that Ricky Pearsall, only was able to participate in, what, six practices as a full participant, four initially before going down, and he worked his way back for a couple here at the end of camp. And, and how he's going to be moving forward, the same can be said for Justin Shorter. He was injured uh, in a non-contact jersey, excuse me, throughout the last week um, of fall camp. And then same with Jamarcus Weston. You know, this is a wide receiver core that has had to kind of rely on a few guys, some JUCO transfers to really compete throughout fall camp. And, and whether that is a factor or not, like I said, I think that remains to be seen. We'll see once he gets some of these guys back at full strength, um, whether he actually has that timing down a little bit better, knowing that he's been in a program for years with Justin Shorter and that rookie Pearsall and him did build a good rapport in the summer. I think that could possibly raise his game when he has guys who are not going to let some of those balls slip away or they can, they can, you know, actually get low to the ground and make those right. receptions. I think that that is going to be a huge thing. That's going to elevate him in terms of accuracy when he's got guys who are able to catch some balls who maybe wouldn't be catchable in another sense. Right. And, and and one thing I think you mentioned that I want to circle back to is Anthony Richardson's injury history. It's well-documented. He has had shoulder issues before. Uh, over the offseason, he had a knee operation on his right meniscus, uh, which he had torn in high school and then re-aggravated last season. Uh, this is a guy I, I don't, I, I don't like, you know, throwing the fragile term around because it's just, I, I find it unnecessary. And a lot of times injuries are circumstantial and it depends on what happened and it has to be kind of a right place at the right time or wrong place at the wrong time, kind of a thing. Uh, and, and so I'm not going to go ahead and say that, but it, he does seem to have stuff going on somewhat frequently, uh, in, in, in terms of his health. And I think that, you know, on one hand, you could look at that and you can go, okay, this is a guy that we really need to be careful with because he has gotten hurt in the past. And, and in, we'll talk about this more in a minute, but but if he were to get hurt, this is a completely different football team without him. However, we also know that Billy Napier has zero plan to limit Anthony Richardson as a runner. They didn't allow him to do it throughout fall camp, and I think that was really wise, You know, keep him healthy and protect him. The second that black non-contact jersey comes off, though, and he ain't wearing one when he plays Utah on September 3rd, it, it, the expectation is that this is a guy who's going to take off and take advantage of, of, of the ability to run like he has. Is that a concern? Is that something that you know fans need to be nervous about every single time he crosses the line of scrimmage? 
this is, like I said, this is a guy who has a well-documented injury history, including a very recent knee problem. At the same time, he is one of, if not the best, running quarterbacks in the country. What is the level of concern entering a season? And in your opinion, what is the correct approach from the coaching staff in terms of you go do whatever you need to do? Or is it, you know, design plays where he's allowed to run and he's not? I think absolutely that the coaching staff trusts him to go do whatever he thinks in the situation um, he believes he can do, whether it's a defender, barrel into someone, initiating the contact. I mean, you name it. I think that the perspective that Florida's coaching staff has is that they can't limit Richardson based off of what could happen. It's a dangerous game. Injuries happen. And if you're curtailing or catering your offense to possibly the past injury concerns of one player, I do think you're doing yourself a disservice in a sense. And it also speaks to your overall room. And that is obviously another issue here. Billy Napier chose not to take another quarterback. They have a freshman in Max Brown. They've elevated two walk-ons to being a, a guy in the rotation right now with Jack Miller down. And there is a noticeable drop. So the question does exist that we're talking about right now. Does Florida have to maybe make some changes in terms of their offensive philosophy, knowing what they have behind Anthony Richardson, if he were to go down or he were to have another hamstring cramp or he were to take a hit and be concussed, you name it, there's a lot of potential for concern with the way he plays. And I, I even hate bringing this up, and you made a good point when it comes to like a label. I hate the label of injury prone, saying a guy is injury prone. But I think with Richardson, and I hate to say this because I have the utmost amount of respect for him, but in the past, from the backflips on concrete to the way he initiated contact, like I said, in the open field and how Florida used him, the combination of the three, it's not one specific issue and the fault doesn't lie at one specific person necessarily, right. be it Anthony Richardson or Dan Mullen. But last year, the way he was used combined with the practice setup combined with his health concerns from the past, not being fully healthy from high school. I think that just led to a situation that, resulted in Richardson missing some time and now having the surgery and now leading to the question of how do they use this guy knowing what he dealt with in the past. And I, I would love him to go out and kind of alleviate all those concerns by showing that one Florida's coaching staff has practiced the right way and they have prepared him the right way and given him the time to heal. And two, that he kind of is, picking and choosing his moments more wisely, whether that means getting down, sliding. I mean, we heard Brandon Siler say it last week. If he had met a guy at Brandon Siler's, he would have slid. I'd like to see that from Richardson, giving himself up on a play, knowing that it's it's better to live to see another day and try and make it up on the next play than potentially risk having an, another guy come in and you being out potentially for weeks here. I think that that would be a sign of his maturity absolutely right now that would be i think a lot more reassuring to see than potentially the situation where someone is taking unnecessary risks hurdling defenders to pick up an extra yard potentially i think that if i were an outsider would cause me a little bit more concern than the latter that he's smart enough to realize that he gives them the best chance to go out there and and live to see another day sure and, and gives himself and up absolutely and let's 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 actually talk about that thing right there that you just mentioned let's talk about maturity uh, I, I would go as far as to say, and I'll and I'll 
back it up after I, I make my point. Uh, I, I would go as far as to say the biggest win of the offseason for Florida uh, as a team and for Anthony Richardson as an individual has been this realization from him that it was time to grow up is, is the word that he used. He needed to grow up. He needed to become more mature. Uh, he needed to take more responsibility for his actions and for his decisions. And these are all things that he said. Uh, th these were things that he felt he needed to do on his own in order to be uh, physically the best quarterback for the University of Florida. And I love that. I mean, it, it's no secret at this point. Uh, Anthony Richardson got a speeding citation back in April for going well over 115 or sorry, excuse me, well over 100 miles an hour uh, at four o'clock in the morning uh, in, in, in a car that he no longer owns. And I think that, you know, we had written about that after SEC Media Day. He basically said, I think one of the biggest signs of my maturity is I don't own that car anymore. I got rid of the car. You know, I, I, I put myself in a car where I get good gas mileage. I'm going to save money. And these are the things that are starting to become important to him. And while that seems like it's nothing, if you're listening to this, I actually think it's a huge deal. This is a guy who's realizing what's important. He's prioritizing things in the right order. And I think that that has an impact. And Billy Napier's talked about it too. That has an impact on the way things go in the football facility. If you have a quarterback who's responsible and able of leading by example, you have better odds of being a more successful football team than you do if you have a quarterback who isn't those things. And so Florida spent a lot of time focusing and working on those things, the maturity, the mental aspect of the game for Anthony Richardson. And in my opinion, by all accounts, from what we've seen, I would say that they were very successful in doing that. Yeah, I would agree with that right away. And before we... Before I dive into that a little bit more, I, I got to say, I've always had the impression that Richardson carried himself humbly. He's never been arrogant. He's never been someone who shows off or even demeans his opponent or others around him. He, he has never, from being covered from, you know, as a 17-year-old on QB1 that unfortunately never aired. That's so sad to me still. But I think that would have given people, I think, a better impression of how this guy carries himself and how he is advanced beyond his years when it comes to his uh, maturity. And were there still some things he needed to work on? Absolutely. I mean, what 20 year old doesn't absolutely want to drive the coolest cars and go out there and, you know, have a good time while you're in college. I, I, he's hardly the first to do that. And if anything, from what I know about him, he he's, he's not even anywhere close to, what we've covered before in the past in terms of athletes who are going out there and potentially endangering themselves. I mean, I hate to even say it, but a few years ago, you know, Kadarius Tony, a future NFL first round pick was caught driving around with AK 47s in downtown Gainesville. You talk about signs of someone's maturity. The speeding ticket, I think was a little bit overblown in my mind, but it was, I think a test of how he would handle that. And what you just said, Jacob, I think is much more indicative of who he is than the actual infraction itself. The fact he wrote a three-page letter, addressed the team about it in an entire team-wide setting, said that, hey, you know, this can't be acceptable. I can't put myself in harm's way, and neither can you because we're a team, and if we let each other down, you know, et cetera. That is much more, I think, it, it just sums up who he is as a person rather than the initial mistake. And I think that people will see that, this year, you know, I don't think he's going to go out there and make any Tim Tebow versus Ole Miss type, you know, promises that 
be put on any plaques, but this is a guy who has the respect of his teammates because of how mature he is, not even just his talent level. And I think you will see that this season, you know, if there were any doubts about his ability to focus, lead the team from a player perspective, they would have come out by now. And by all accounts, Florida's offense fully trusts Anthony Richardson at quarterback. There have been no concerns there from that standpoint whatsoever. And I think that, again, that speaks volumes um, when it comes to, I think, this offense's potential heading into the season, that everyone around Anthony Richardson fully trusts him to go out and, and lead this offense. Absolutely. Let's let's transition now to what is behind Anthony Richardson. I think that we've established that this is a guy with a ton of potential. Uh, his health is something that people will have to keep an eye on. Uh, but F Florida needs him to to play. Uh, let's let's just open this part of, of this episode with that. Florida needs Anthony Richardson to play, uh, not necessarily because the quarterbacks behind him don't have potential to be solid players at the college football level, at the SEC level, maybe. Uh, but right now, I don't know that Florida has another quarterback on its roster who is ready to play. And I say that, with Jack Miller in mind. Miller is the number two quarterback, no question. Uh, transferred to Florida from Ohio State. He's a sophomore, but Jack Miller is hurt. Jack Miller had thumb surgery uh, to repair an avulsion fracture, which is basically when a, a tendon or a ligament separates from a main bone, uh, in this case, in his thumb on his throwing hand. He is expected to miss at least the first two games of the season. It could be more than that. But Billy Napier said that that is, at the moment, uh, the timetable is they're looking to hopefully have him back by week three. Uh, without Jack Miller, Florida has a very interesting situation because it's picking between people to back up Anthony Richardson who have never thrown a pass at the college level. It's walk-on Kyle Angle. He's a sophomore. Or it is scholarship redshirt freshman quarterback Jalen Kitna who also has not thrown a pass. Uh, this is a potentially troubling situation uh, for Florida, in my opinion, I would love to get your thoughts uh, on what this could mean and the challenges associated with it. Well, I think first and foremost, you know, I think Florida's coaching staff wish that Jalen Kitna would have seen the field last year in some capacity. And even in whether it was a, a game, you know, where Florida was handedly in front, which was the case in, in several contests last year, for him to not see the field at all last year, to go through the spring as a guy learning a new system, and then they bring in another quarterback in Jack Miller. Uh, you know, that obviously I think may have affected his development. And then you bring in um, the, the knee injury that he suffered in fall camp and, and missing fall camp and his mobility being hindered throughout that. Now to be a guy working his way back and possibly be your number two quarterback with Jack Miller sidelined, if, if something were to happen, I, I think that given the inexperience and the mobility concerns potentially with Kitna, you're looking at altering your offense altogether. I think, you know, we were just talking about Anthony Richardson's ability to run. You don't get that from Jalen Kitna. I think it would cut down on the amount of play action that you could do and would put, a, I think a much larger onus on the backfield in that case. And I think that would absolutely lower Florida's offensive ceiling is what I'm getting at. I think we can agree and make a tangible connection that without Richardson, Florida's ceiling and potential on offense is significantly lower. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that that goes without saying. And Jack Miller's injury is just an, an incredibly unfortunate timing. That was a guy who I think didn't get 
enough credit for his ability to make people miss in the open field. I'm not saying he's, you know, Stetson Bennett level fast right now or anything like that, but I think that's a guy who you don't really often talk about his running ability in, in the open field. And, and it's kind of the same thing with Richardson. We didn't have a chance to see that get a good sense of it. And I think that he was really coming along and to have him miss potentially the first half of the season, who knows when he's able to return, Billy Napier said they'd like to get him back by week three as he's going through the rehab process, but that doesn't mean necessarily that he's able to go out there and compete against the likes of Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU. I just don't know what happens at signal caller if Anthony Richardson were to go down for any amount of time. You mentioned two walk-ons and Kyle Angle and Jack Anders as well, guys we've seen in the throwing rotation. Do they have this trial-by-fire experience for Max Brown? That is a question I begin to I began to ask myself, you know, I can't make the point about Jalen Kitna wishing he would have seen the field last year and then say that I think Max Brown shouldn't. I think there's a very obvious path for getting Max Brown some in-game experience this season, whether it's Florida has a significant lead or it's because, you know, God forbid there's an injury in, in the in the quarterback room that that they have to face. I think that Max Brown has made some strides since he got here, a guy who unfortunately wasn't on campus in, in spring. And so he really is going through his first camp with the Gators, but he's not alone. You know, we've talked about Trevor Etienne and how he has rose up the, the ranks of the backfield here. I would not be surprised if by the end of the season, they were looking to get Max Brown on the field in some contests, just knowing what it can do for his development going forward. And especially if Jack Miller is not ready uh, to go at any point here. Yeah. I, I think, Max Brown is going to be in an interesting position. I could I could see Florida having the desire to potentially get him out on the field just so he can kind of soak in the, the college experience. I think, though, Brown is somebody that this staff views as a project. I think that Max Brown is somebody who is going to benefit more, a lot more, from significant practice reps. Maybe they have Max Brown run the scout team, right? You know, give Florida's offense, or excuse me, give Florida's de defense, excuse me, uh, a, a look at what they're going to see, right? You know, let him call an offense. Let him operate in an important capacity. I think that that is probably developmentally going to be more significant than getting him a rep or two in a blowout. I do think also that they view him as more of a long-term project. So I don't know if that game experience is going to matter so much this year as it might like next year or the year after that even uh billy napier himself has said that he views max as kind of behind not in a bad way but behind in a way where if you look at him versus the other guys in florida's quarterback room he's behind because they even from when he was in college looked at him as somebody who was underrated who's raw who needed to develop in a lot of different areas and is inexperienced. And so it's, you know, it's not surprising that he finds himself at the bottom of the depth chart. What I am interested in is should something happen? You know, let's say, let's be, let's be very, uh, let's be very minimal, right? In the, in the happen. Let's say that Anthony Richardson has a cramp, which we saw in the spring game. It's hot, it's humid, it happens. Uh, and he needs to miss a couple plays. Who does Florida go to? Uh, I, I can see it being Kitna or Angle at this point. I think that both guys have kind of jockeyed for rank over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Billy Napier did not make it clear on, on Wednesday. We're recording this on Thursday, August 25th. He did not make it clear yesterday uh, if there was a leader within that battle. So I'm going to say, honestly, that it, it could be either of them. 
and I agree with your point. Uh, I think you made a great one, which is Florida's offense changes dramatically if you take out Anthony Richardson and put in anybody, and that includes Jack Miller. So this is a this is a, a, an interesting situation. I also wonder, and this is something for people to keep in mind, how much does Florida have to change operationally from an offensive perspective if you remove Anthony Richardson and his skill set, right? Because this is a guy who is a dual threat quarterback. He has the legs. He has the speed. He's a threat on the ground. He also has a massive arm. If you take him out and you replace him with somebody who isn't as fleet-footed, who isn't as strong of a runner, who, who, who can fight through contact, who doesn't have as strong of an arm, what does that look like? What do you have to cut or add to your offensive repertoire in order to accommodate that person? I think the difference physically between Richardson and anybody behind him, forget talent, I think the the skill set is different. I think that there is nobody on Florida's roster who plays like Anthony Richardson, even if it's at a lower quality. I don't see the style being the same. I think that's an interesting wrinkle that people need to keep an eye on is if you lose Richardson, what does Napier do to account for that schematically? Just just food for thought. Uh, with that, Graham, is there anything else that we are missing? Any final thoughts about the room? Uh, basically, the floor is yours for anything we have to circle back to. Yeah, I just want to I want to plug real quick your story on the run game with Richardson. You know, that was something that I saw having covered him in high school a good bit. The play would break down and it wasn't even a designed run. And he was confident to escape the pocket, take off and run. That is something that I think is hard for Florida's coaching staff to prepare for, because as a head coach, you never want to envision, well, what happens when this play breaks down and we don't have a plan B, we don't have a plan C, and we have to rely on the quarterback's decision-making. That is something that from having seen him, I think will impress not only Florida's coaching staff, but I think impress people who were spectators as well, who were observing him, his decision-making, when to escape the pocket, throw on the run. That is something that is hard to prepare for, like I said, and I think that it's something that will impress people this season and is why he has a huge ceiling this year as a signal caller. Are there some things he can continue to work on? Absolutely, like I said. But what is there right now is an extremely impressive package that should only continue to increase and is very conducive to being in a game setting. You can go out there and you know, be the perfect practice player. And we've seen that time and time again. You know, you go back to, I hate to even make this kind of, you know, historical reference, but you go back to Eric Kresser and Danny Warfel and Steve Spurrier consistently, you know, questioning whether he should go with Kresser, who had beautiful mechanics. But Warfel was a gamer. You got him in a game and he crushed his decision-making. He was the complete package. That is the vibe I get from Anthony Richardson. Does this coaching staff wish that he could do some things different and better and some things better in practice. Absolutely. But when he gets in a game, I've seen time and time again, that Richardson is a gamer who elevates his game when the moment calls for it. I think you'll see that this season. Well, I think we're going to end it on that. You heard the man Graham Hall. Make sure you head over to our website, swamp247.com. We've got plenty of coverage leading up to Florida's season opener on September 3rd. At home against AP Top 25, number seven team, Utah. 
Should be a good one, and uh, we're going to have plenty of content leading up to that in addition to what we've already got on the site. Like I said, we're doing a 10-part series of position previews. We've done running back. You just listened to quarterback. We've got more on the way uh, over the course of the next week and a half. Plenty of written content to go along with it. Uh, and for that, uh, for this episode, I think that'll do it for Graham Hall. My name is Jacob Rudner. Wishing you all a good one. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.